Welcome to, I don't know what number this is, how to be unpopular, number 80, and we've had, we've had complaints about a few things that I need to address. That's one of them. <laughs> Apparently I'm a smacker, so I'll try and smack less in this one. Uh, another one is eating, and I don't know if anyone said this, but, or if it was just Todd that said this to me, but um, that mushroomblading.com and, and the podcast is a sausage party. So, we have our first female guest, and it's a it's a good one. It's my sister and my sister, Monica and Monique McGarry. Hello. You don't have to leave. <laughs> that was totally the. Hello. <laughs> you can if you speak. See the little speak, Monica. Oh, okay. So I, okay. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Um, Monica's up on spring break right now. Yes. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying to be an art teacher right now. Which? And, uh, <laughs> I'm on spring break. <laughs> and, uh, we're going to have, that's, that's pretty much going to be the focus because anytime Monica and I get together, it's similar to like talking to Todd where like it can get deep. Not deep, deep, like quote-unquote deep, but it can go really far really quickly. So the podcast is an awesome format to talk. We always end up talking about art, creativity, and whatever else, but usually those are the main two. Well, I'm excited for that because I'm a creative person, but um, having to teach creativity right now, uh, it's interesting because sometimes when you're in education, it tends to kind of squeeze a little bit of the beauty out of things. So, um, as far as being a young, like a new teacher, um, it's really important to try and stay as weird as possible to keep the kids interested. Yeah. Well, the, and they're going to be a really awesome generation too. Yeah. They're, they're, um, but they're quick to, it's the process of creativity, like trying to push them to understand that they can't, they have to keep going. You know, that part where Uh, you're starting to feel uninspired and then they stop after 20 minutes. Yeah. Because it's so hard if I just look at through using rollerblades as my creative device or whatever, there's like, I copied people and videos and then I kind of started to find individuality in like twenties or whatever. And then it's just starting to get interesting now. 
So it's it's probably hard for you to plant seed because there's you're not really an individual as a teenager. Well, and even uh, you know, as a as an art teacher, a drama teacher, you have to um, remind them that any examples that you give, they're immediately that they can't use those. They can't make that like because I'm also teaching drama. Whatever example I use, that that's gone now. It's out of the bag. Oh um, yeah. <clears throat> That's an important one. Yeah. Well, because we always just use the examples. Well, I remember you. Said, I don't know who originally said that all the all art is great theft. Oh yeah, I. Um, some say it's John Lennon, and some say, oh no, all art is theft. All great art is great theft. Oh and yeah. Then, uh, it was like Mackenzie Gray, our our um, film studies teacher, said that, and then. I think we start. We had to name off thieves, and I said Madonna was the first one, and he was like, "Madonna's a great thief." She is, and now you see Lady Gaga, right? Thieving. No, I don't understand. Oh, what? Yeah, thieves everything. Yeah, because she even kind of looks like her most of the time. I find. How is it that on YouTube, there's it always ends up about Lady Gaga and Justin Bieber on so many of the music <laughs> videos. It always ends up, like, some of the top comments is like, why are why are we arguing about Lady Gaga and Justin Bieber? It'll be like an artist or music that's not even closely related. Like, people are more quick to argue about, oh, they don't make real music anymore. People listen to shit like Lady Gaga and Justin Bieber, and it's like all, on so many videos. People are so quick to say that. I I'm interested. I'm definitely interested in the Lady Gaga debate because I I find her music really, um, really like pretty mediocre. Yeah. That the one the rah rah yeah whatever that's pretty catchy. But I I just think like I was watching uh, the other night when I got home after St. Patrick's Day, so there was a fair amount of booze involved. And I was watching the video, the Sinead O'Connor "Nothing Compares to You" video, which is just oh, a face so like good. floating in a black background, yeah. and that song. And you know, at the end, she sort of like tears are coming down. And I think, how much did that cost? You know, and then you see a the Beyonce Lady Gaga video, which was probably like I don't even I can't even imagine what a music video cost. What they did a collab. Yeah, the one where oh, Lady Gaga, it. she's in like a prison and she no, has cigar uh, cigarette, like smoking cigarette sunglasses. Oh. And they're all made of like smoke cigarettes that are actually smoking. I haven't seen it. I just know that that John music video that you sent to me that I became obsessed oh, with. Oh, yeah. Um, it was almost like that's what Lady Gaga probably wants to wants do. Wants to be, yeah. But that girl was that. Even though the same thing, she had like a pop background apparently where she's yeah. from, like same thing as Delana Del Rey or whatever. But you know what I wanted to say about the Sinead, Sinead O'Connor thing that I find so interesting? And you posted that uh, Suicidal Tendencies video. Oh. And I think we've tried to put our finger on this before and I have no idea what it is, but like there's a certain amount of sincerity in the Corey Hart video, in the Suicidal Tendencies, in the Sinead O'Connor that artist artist musical yeah. people they try and do that now they try and like manufacture that and i don't f find that anymore and there's something about popular music it was you could actually see a genuine performance like in the Sinead o'connor even the cory hart it was a little bit cartoony but still <laughs> he was he was staring into the camera like it 
mattered. And gazing and out then, the window in the yeah, rain. Or this, the suicidal tendencies, like people try and make videos like that, but it's almost like that's exhausted, so... Well, I, something very, yeah, something very raw about like that, sh and I hope everybody goes out and looks up the, if you haven't seen the suicidal tendencies video, <laughs> your life... Institutionalized, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I had posted that because I'm in a really intense post-secondary education program, and I'm also teaching in a public school. And uh, for someone who's creative, um, you can find those environments a bit stifling. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the the whole idea of the institution. So I, I couldn't have thought of a better video. And I, I, I listen to that song on a regular basis when I'm walking down the street, and it brings me so much joy. Yeah. Even though it's such an angry song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's almost it's almost comical. Like, it's almost over the top. Too. Comical and comforting, because I think the way that he sings or speaks is the kind of pace that happens in your head sometimes. Oh, when it starts to yeah. build. <laughs> All I What's wanted was a Pepsi. <laughs> What's the one he's, he's in his room staring at nothing or something? Yeah, he's just kind of thinking about things, and then his... <laughs> His mom comes in and thinks he's on drugs and Oh yeah. Uh but yeah, no, there's a there's a raw, genuine quality to that. Which is of course I find like in your podcast as well, it's there. And That's why this format is important. Do you listen to podcasts? Do you have any recommendations for Um, you know what I was actually listening because they were really uh diverse, the stuff you should know. There's like two guys or like oh. how stuff works. Yeah, I listened to one on coffee that was really good. Yeah, but they do like they could do it on something really universal like coffee or something like the history of spontaneous combustion. Oh shit. And they, they talk did one about of those? Yeah, on spontaneous people, like people, people who spontaneously have... combust. I don't ever think about that. You can look look it up. There's actual really... When's the last when's the last time someone has spontaneously combusted? And why haven't I heard of it? I think maybe there's one like in England somewhere in the 90s. But the really creepy ones are if you if you Google spontaneous combustion, there's really old, weird photos like that photo of the monk, the ghost monk, where they're old and so somehow they seem more disturbing. And it's a pair of legs, and the whole body has been melted, and it's in a like a just a comfy chair. It's like a like an elderly person. Uh, they just they can't explain it. They just lit up in flames and. <laughs> What? <laughs> How do they know that it was that? Well, because there's nothing left. There's just a pair of legs, like, planted on the ground, sitting in a chair, and then the rest of it is gone. Yeah. I always say I, I believed in Santa Claus until a later age, so... Yeah. The amount of things that I believe that might not be true and a lot of things that people might not think are true. I remember you, you were in the bathtub... And I asked our mom if Santa Claus was real because somebody on the playground had told me and then she shut both the doors first because she knew that you might be able to hear. And then that's like, she didn't even have to say. She didn't even have to say. And I already knew that he wasn't real. And then I had, and I was crying, like I remember it so clearly, like just pure horror. And then I had to ask, like on top of that, there's all these layers because then you, you realize, well... Like, is the Easter Bunny not real, too, and the Tooth Fairy? And oh, yeah, I don't, it's a slippery slope it's after a, you find out about Yeah, that. but I wonder about kids now with their imaginations, like, how long, with the internet and, and television shows, they must not know believe for very long. 
so funny. <laughs> like, do you kind of relate believing in Santa Claus to like if you go out in nature and you have like a good day out in nature? It's kind of the same thing. Like, it's kind of the same that that to believe in Santa Claus when you're younger was just belief in in something like inexplainable and mystical. I always related those two things that like the same reason I like to go and sit by a creek or something like that yeah. is like I got I get the same feeling from that that I did from thinking Santa Claus maybe it was real. I don't know. I put it's, those two together. I don't know. I have friends that have kids and it's like a big debate. Like some parents don't even use Santa Claus anymore, but I I still like to believe in like the the being in nature when I was younger I was really into fairies. And I still kind of believe in like some sort of weird spirit of the forest. And there's a documentary about fairies. And I think because it's made in the like early 80s and it's really grainy and interviews really peculiar people that are very committed to the idea of fairies <laughs> existing. Yeah. And there's one part where they go to like Nova Scotia, or New Brunswick, and it's that same raw thing. It's like this mother whose children are now grown up. And they talk to them about being in the forest with the mother with her kids. And they heard this weird music in the forest. And and the mom was really protective. And she said to her kids, like, get in the car right now. And don't turn around. Why? Because fairies? Because she said she saw these, like, weird people dancing around. Like, little people dancing in a circle that had come out of the forest. And the way they talk about it, it's like they talk about these people that were made out of leaves and twigs and things from the and it just sounds so oh my god can you imagine if you saw <laughs> you can, that anyone listening you can youtube it just it's like i can't remember what it's called but i i will let you know after and and then the one woman who's grown up now remembers she's like i didn't listen to my mother and i turned around and i saw these like strange beings like gallivanting around in the forest and they didn't talk about it for 20 years and then they somehow contacted these people. Isn't like the famous like pagan the pagan dance or the Greek there's like a famous dance where they do the thing in the circle. Oh Isn't probably. It, that it's related. I'm sure well the, even the circle, right? The the that shape. It's in fertility general or something. Is, yeah. It's a fertility dance, isn't it? Probably. Something like that. Yeah. Well I mean everything it's funny that we're talking about Santa Claus. We we've been talking about creativity, but I'll just say this one thing that you know, all the Santa Claus, Christmas, all those things, they were all like specific dates that were pagan um, times of celebration. Yeah. And then Christianity just came in and and replaced uh, those pagan holidays with their, like, you know, the birth of Jesus Christ and all these things. And so that's why we still celebrate them. But those dates, like spring and, and Christmas time and all these moments that were basically celebrating nature. Yeah. Um, have been around forever. Because of pe pagan. Pagans, yeah. Pe the what's the official pagan is like the original hippie, which I, I heard a great <laughs> thing the other day where it was on the Duncan Trussell podcast. Like, can we stop using hippie and hipster? I just can we stop using those terms? And I find myself like using it once in a while. And uh, those, it's almost like terms defining people anymore. We have to get past all of it and. Yeah, I find the whole, and I mean... Because anyway. I hated that I used that. I hated the original hippie, because it's the same thing, saying rollerblades, yoga, hippie. There's like, it's just instantly, there's like, you go you go into the file folders of yeah. your brain, and you just grab a your few judgment. images, like, right away. 
Yeah, the judgment thing. I, I find, because I live in Vancouver and I live on Maine and like I went to art school and all these things and it's like, if somebody's going to call me a hipster, like that's totally okay because I think we're, we're all like, uh, I almost call it like being like renaissance people where you're um, very well educated, you surf the internet a lot, you know a lot about music and film and movies yeah. and different, you know, food, whatever it is. And, uh, and then there's this idea that like being a, like a hip person is a bad thing. And I just think there's so many other things about life to criticize that like, why, you know, why bother criticizing people that are yeah. hippies or, or, or hipsters, which generally are really open-minded people. I, I find that like, I'd much rather be called even behind my back, just like, oh yeah, Joey's very eccentric like oh, in my yeah. mind that's a bigger compliment like like oh yeah it's a bit of a character or like monica's eccentric like a bit of a bit of a character isn't that like almost more descriptive than yeah eccentric for sure well it's just do you consider yourself eccentric that's i forgot to actually open by saying uh by having an, another mcgarry there's two mcgarrys in the same room speaking <laughs> <laughs> makes yeah. it interesting <laughs> so far we've talked about Santa Claus and fairies and I, <laughs> maybe that's my injection into it I don't know but uh, <laughs> no yeah, that's no. good that's good <laughs> but eccentric uh, our cousin I remember this is one of my mantras which is there are no she told me this and I can't remember who told her there are no such thing as normal people only people you don't know Oh, that's so true. the only time I ever find that my judgment is really, um, intensifies is, uh, which is a complete contradiction, like, um, towards people that don't have an open mind. I know I realize there's judgment in that. Yeah. But, uh. I said that to someone the other day. (laughs) I was like, I was drunk at, it was like at Chance's house. And I heard, it was just a classic comment about, like, just a little comment about rollerblading, and then I, like, I talked about it on another podcast, but it was like, my shell was fragile already going yeah. into it, depending on if the day's bad, if my shell's fragile, like, one comment can craft me, not about rollerblading, just close-mindedness, and I was, like, explaining to people, I'm like, I'm not mad at the person, he's a really nice guy, like, I don't care about who it is, you know what I care about? Close-mindedness. We live in the year 2012, like, can't we... But. It's, well, and, and for anyone who's, who's a rollerblader who's listening right now, and they're like, okay, fairies, yeah, here, we get a girl on for the first time, and she's talking about a, a fairy documentary. So I'd just like to say, which I was thinking about earlier today, and I talk about a lot, because I obviously talk about my brother, Joey, and... Um, I'll ask people sometimes, especially if they are a skateboarder, and and I won't mention you yet, and I'll just ask, like, what do you think about rollerblading? And, you know, like, all this judgment comes out. And I... It's just like the hipster thing, which I know a lot more people can relate to the hate on hipsters or whatever. But the idea of, like like, a tension between, like, skateboarders and rollerbladers is is ludicrous to me it's it's as ludicrous as when um the skiing snowboarding thing first started you know like it 
it's the idea of two people, two different, you know, groups of people being passionate about something. And, and then there's this, all this judgment and tension and prejudice and it, yeah, it, it boggles me. It always has. And I've, I've heard about some of the stories you've, you know, experienced in skate parks and things and. Oh, I, oh, go ahead. No, no. And like, I, but the thing is, is like with outside that community, well, no, I guess. I guess because in mainstream media, it's still kind of roller rollerblading painted as the... Oh, yeah. Well, it's, uh, the word... I've talked about it before. The word's funny to begin with. Even even though I do rollerblade, there's an alternate version where I don't rollerblade. Yeah. And I'm sitting around with my guy friends, and someone says, like, do you want to go rollerblading? It just sounds funny. <laughs> like, the actual <laughs> word sounds funny to begin with, despite any... And on top of that, it's been painted, like, every major comedian and comedy show has had, like, it's a very easy comedic device or punchline. Yeah. And, um, and on top of that, I just read the greatest thing on the, on the mushroom leading board that, um, what was it? It was like, we entered the scene as posers, which is so true. Like, rollerblading aped everything from skateboarding to begin with. And then it's like, we may be destined to be posers forever because, like, the way the industry follows things is very much... We th A lot of people think that there's some prize that rollerblading will get, like skateboarding, some financial thing. And he's like, why don't we just make it whatever the fuck we want? And then that's, like, where it should be going. Yeah. And it doesn't, so... But that's just the idea of the art, too. Like, art and, th and theft and, and if I'm going to really, like, pull out my post-secondary education... Uh, like Plato talks about art as imitation. Art is imitating life, yeah, yeah. right? And that idea of imitation and skateboarding came from surfing. You know, like it all comes. It all comes from from somewhere. And and uh, yeah, it's going to keep progressing. And it's really exciting to see what what you're doing with the the mushroom blading. Because in the same way that I can, you know, say about Lady Gaga, I I don't, you know, she can pump in millions of dollars into a music video. There's still some sort of theatricality about her that that is oh. the reason why like, that people are so drawn to her. Yeah. And anything with theatricality, I think, is is oh, great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If I don't know if I'm contradicting myself again, but anyway, oh, you from from uh, podcast to podcast, especially <laughs> if you're going to be a regular guest. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a human. I'm we're we're walking contradictions. The best was there was a. Todd and Brian did a podcast and Carly was like cooking dinner in the background and she's like every time you guys say something you like backpedal saying like well this is just our opinion though like don't you don't want to offend anybody the best is to just like just keep spewing oh yeah no but, absolutely but <laughs> you, you didn't like I think Lady Gaga too we don't want to give her too much credit I don't want to talk too much about Lady Gaga but I do I do like the idea of a strong I like strong female Oh, absolutely. So, and I, yeah. and I, I do know that she's, she's worked incredibly hard to get where she is, which I admire very much. Like she didn't win a contest, like, <laughs> like to get it a little more Canadian, you know, like Rick the temp or something, Yeah. you know? Oh, so <laughs> his voice has yeah. gotten a f many notches yeah. higher. He goes from much music to entertainment tonight, Canada. It's and it. his voice went from this to his, his voice went from this to this, <laughs> or it's even higher. I don't, I don't know, like, I, <laughs> the broadcasting thing, I know a guy who broke up with his girlfriend, he met her before broadcasting school, 
and and then yeah, tough one. Uh, she just she just gradually her voice became that nasally broadcasting. No, because voice it's all, all one thing. <laughs> That's what people don't understand the over identification thing. It's yeah. just one thing. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not. There's no separate no. thing. That's I, I. I've been obsessed lately with the idea of like all these old fashioned structures that are on life support that need to just not be around any the broadcasting thing, Academy Awards, like like uh, oh. Grammys. It should just be the internet and like people voting and a bunch yeah. of micro things. <laughs> That's it. Like it the, is very, very old. It's traditional. It's it's like a ritual. What's going to happen when, like, there's so many 60, 70, 80-year-old people that are, like, holding on. They're, like, in this position of power. Yeah. All across the board. I see it, like, kind of with what we do in this town here once in a while. There's, like, a little bit of the in-between, but there's a lot. Like, you go to a, a local hockey game here, and the crowd is, like, 70% silver tips. It's uh, it's hard What's because well I'm interested to see when the baby not it will be sad of course because it's all of our parents like when the baby boom, boomer generation is gone and you know we have we have our age group which like you say is the bridge between the baby boomers yeah. and the kids who were born with the internet when it's just people who are who have basically been raised most of it on the internet like the internet came about when I was about fifteen. <sighs> And how will things change then? Because there are these incredible mini revolutions happening everywhere because of the internet. And, you know, of course, there are a lot of things that are also going to be like the idea of addiction and how addiction is going to change and how it has changed because of the internet. To your, this, there's two people in this room, I think, who both have a YouTube addiction. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I'm a YouTube I, addict. Not full on, but I'm, I'm a... <laughs> I'm an on and on again, off again YouTube. It's more like a hole that I just told Monica the other night. I'll be like, I'll be clicking on videos and I'll like get to those ones where it's the news anchor and it's like, it's a new world order, like lizard person. <laughs> and then the top comment will be, how did I get to this side of YouTube again? You're like, I'll snap out of it and be like, holy fuck, did I click like... 20 times like did I quit click like 10 to 20 different videos how did I get to this place it's fun sometimes to just hit back to see like how do you click the history you know when you're hist when you haven't cleared the history and it's like Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday and I don't even I just clear I don't even want to go in and look at the at the path but sometimes I get to you know sometimes I discover YouTube videos that are wonderful that I that are somehow linked to what I was initially searching. Yeah. But, and I've already, even in this conversation, probably said, you know, recommended to look up this and that. And the latest That's thing good, that, though. yeah, the seahorses giving birth is pretty incredible. <laughs> <laughs> because, Have I seen that? I don't know. Well, because it's, uh, it's the male seahorse. Yeah. And seahorses they, are fucking cool. Yeah. That's where, whenever I go to the Vancouver Aquarium, that's my first. I think they're even cooler than jellyfish. Think of their name. They're seahorses. Sea it's pretty awesome. Well, it's like they look like they're like projectile vomiting out of their belly. And they're giving. And them... they're just little tiny seahorse, like hundreds and hundreds of them, like bleh, and they just 
What? Yeah. So anyway, that's my that's latest a good one. one that I've We got to get show notes eventually where we would need like an intern person years down the road who just listens to the podcast and oh, does all yeah, the links or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, YouTube though, one thing that I love about YouTube and this is why I keep going back is I could be like having a shower, going for a hike, going for a skate and it's like a bank for your memories. It's like an extension of your memories that you can click on something that you think of randomly and before when there was no internet you might have a conversation about someone like remember that and they might be like no or they might be yes but you can't pull up like the visual cue and the sound that triggers the strange feeling like everything from video game interviews to like music videos that I can barely remember the name but I might try and like type a few things in once in a while and then the feeling that you get when you get to see it again like that the, the much music one that I sent of St- Steve Anthony. He was very entertaining. Yeah, but just to see like much music, the original much music, like yeah. that was a wash of memories because I've said it before that we would sit and watch much music was the, like the Canadian MTV, <laughs> but be- it was better almost because it was. There's something about Canada which is very difficult to put your finger on and explain why we're different, but our music channel was awesome. Well, I think it also had that kind of raw quality that we were talking about earlier, right? Very raw. And there was a certain amount of Canadian content. Yeah. And there was less... They were obviously, like, celebrities, but being a celebrity in Canada, they seemed a bit more real, I don't know. Yeah, I don't don't think it was so much based on... Well, I'm trying to think of... I don't even know if I know any MTV... VJs, I kind of know that weird period where there was that girl with the glass, kind of looked like Lisa Loeb. Oh, she was bad. Um, Jen, Jen or something like that? Something I like, I don't even remember, but yeah. Like, that weird transition phase for much music. Yeah, I think for all the Canadians out there, it was actually sold to a different, uh, Which you know. Which is so depressing. Big, went from chum to like city TV or something. That was a big, you know, and now... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> much music. I I mean that that I learned a lot about music through much music. But the nostalgia the the nostalgia aspect of of YouTube um, is the most addictive part. But I don't think it's like that for everyone. Some people, it's just it's it's modern like YouTube videos that are um, full of you know information. They're educational. But I know for me specifically, it's full. On nostalgia. That's nostalgia is a drug for sure. Or yeah. It's like, what was there's the Bradford quote? It's an anesthetic almost sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it is. Partly. And, but, uh, but I love it. Nostalgia, I get hooked on the rush of feeling. It reminds me of certain things that, uh, that I can be creative with currently. Yeah. It reminds me of why I connected with something like just a dumb thing like old video game intros like remember you would watch you would, I, you'd see me watch like the same intro I wouldn't even play the game it's just like <laughs> I was obsessed with the intro tell this story about when I showed you Grand Theft Auto a city for the first time and you put on um you you knew the specific song that you wanted to listen to while you were riding the motorcycle in the game and I think it was was it take these broken wings <laughs> Just with complete <laughs> sincerity, I look back. This song's really good when you're riding the motorcycle. <laughs> at, riding night, through at, this, night, at night, because it was very city. atmospheric, that song. 
That is a good song. That would be a good karaoke song. You know, the only thing, though, that's left with nostalgia that technology hasn't been able to reproduce, which I think in terms of memory, um, smell is your... That's the most intense um, experience of memory is if you smell something again. Really? Yeah, which is like, I don't know how that could possibly happen. But um, yeah, like I opened up something in our kitchen the other day. It was like a cupboard from our grandparents' um, hutch, like dining thing. And inside were all the all this stuff that was obviously been trapped inside the drawer. Yeah. And I smelt it and it smelt like you know, grandma and grandpa's house. Oh yeah. That had Those... a very specific smell. That, that house had a very specific feeling too. And mm. mood to it. I'm not like a big, I don't call it God specifically. I, I yeah. Don't, I don't call it that, but I know the pace and the feeling inside of that house seemed <laughs> like a spiritual household. Like it seemed like when you entered it, the space of it was very different. The way it felt on the inside. It could have just been like they had lots of statues and pictures that were like... They had some, some pretty scary pictures of Jesus. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember, there was a lot of Unsolved Mysteries going back to nostalgia, which I haven't watched any Unsolved Mysteries awesome, on YouTube. Awesome theme song. The theme song was really... I wouldn't be able to sit in the basement super and, and listen to that. They had uh, an episode on crying Jesus statues. Really? Yeah weeping Jesus statues and uh I couldn't look at a picture of Jesus and we had a little Jesus thing even at our house and I could not look at them we had a Jesus thing yeah there was one one? just a little one we still say grace we still say grace on Thanksgiving dinner I don't want to get into religion we were both baptized right yeah yeah we're Irish yeah Catholic but we didn't we didn't go to Sunday school communion where um you take the the body of Christ like the bread for the first time oh. so we're not really full Catholic I don't think it's fucking crazy that was I sat down with uh, dad and I won't we won't get into it but it's like such an interesting thing to ask your parents if you can ever ask your parents like if they had conversations about how they wanted to raise you through religion because like a lot of people's parents, were religious, or sorry, yeah, a lot of people's parents' parents mm. were religious, and then the the age that we were being born into was kind of like, it started to break away a little bit from the church, so it's interesting to think of, like, our parents having a conversation, like, well, do we want to raise them, like, with, like, through the church, or not raise them through the church, but do we want to go to church, like, is that something that we want to do? It's just interesting to think about your parents having that conversation. Yeah, I have, I have a friend who's, uh, putting her her girl through Catholic school because she um, identifies with the values of oh. of like a, a Catholic school yeah. versus going to public school, which can be a pretty fucking, like a crazy fucked up experience. Crazy. Uh, the best thing that I've heard uh, on the Joe Rogan podcast is, and it's kind of like a Terrence McKinney thing, but he'll say like, it's a great operating system. Like, There's a lot of things, If you think of it yeah. as like software, or sorry, <laughs> it wouldn't... Operating system is software, right? Like on a Mac computer? I thought software software exists in the operating system. Okay, so the operating system, then you can get software that goes... Yeah, he just yeah. says operating system. That's like a great way to think of it, religion, as an operating system. Just something that, like, works. People, people need structure, right? Yeah. Even though I 
I try to fight it too. I realize that there, uh, you know, a decent amount of structure in life is a, is a good thing, but I, the overall structure of, you know, a lot of people like uh, these sort of middle-class suburban upbringing, there's usually a point, which I'm sure most people can identify with where you probably unplugged a bit from, you know, your, yeah your middle-class suburban yeah. upbringing. That's um, why our generation's all over the map too. Very, very much all over, the, all over the map, you know? And when I started to learn about, um, the emergence of suburbia, it's really, it, <laughs> what was the, what was your, uh, mark? Like, cause for me is a very simple one. I was like a good hockey player. <laughs> I was super creative, but didn't know it. Like I would spend time listening to music and drawing in my room and yeah. I hated being interrupted by mom or dad. Like if they opened the door and interrupted like my private time, it's totally, it was like editing what I think of. It's like I was listening to music and I was doing visual things, right? Like that's, but I was a hockey player. Like that there's obviously something there that needed to be explored more. So when I quit hockey and I saw a video of someone sliding a rail on inline skates, like it had nothing to do with, um, what, like my, what got me, that was my thing. It was about, it was like the freedom of having skates on sound visuals. Like it, it's when you think of like the skateboarding rollerblading or the whole action sports thing, the root of it has nothing to do with like extreme sports of like what? So that was the thing no. that pulled me. So what was this? Do you have like a thing that I always think like there's something to do with music, music in you. I don't know what. I like um, the you. Well, I'm sorry. I always think of you as like, like a powerful, like almost like an actress performer that loves music. Yeah, you know. That's kind of like. It's really unfortunate because, like, I theater school um, was interesting because you can imagine that it's full of extroverted people. And it just, I was just burnt out by year four. I did not, like, you, you can't even imagine what the parties were like. They, it was just too much, right? And so I stopped acting. I stopped being interested in theater for probably eight years. And when I went back to become, you know, a teacher this year, I realized how much I love performing and acting and so now here I am you know and I think oh is it too late like is it too late to to just go and try out for a play or and it's not right but I was looking through my school book which is like a big fat thing full of your you know all your school photos and little like things that you drew and it goes year grade by grade and I started going back to the very beginning and almost every single year it says actress yeah yeah but how did you, when did you know, because like well, how, if I got really interested in, in skating and there was, I was a drama kid, which mm -hmm. is a separate conversation. Todd and I were talking about like, uh, we were lucky in Sahali drama kid in like the States meant like, like fag weirdo, like yeah. drama fag, drama weirdo, like drama was a bad thing, but in our school it wasn't, it wasn't so bad at all. Like it was. There was a bit of a crossover. No, like, not at all. I think when, if you go, especially if you went to a school, which like the school that I'm at doing my practicum, really low budget, like yeah. super low budget where you're not going to do like Grease or West Side Story, um, then it's just about the actual, like the act of acting and performing yeah. and, 
Cool fucking but, thing. Yeah. So what so, was the bug? Like, because you, you were amazing at, was it grade eight? Just the, the idea of taking, taking drama in grade eight? Or was it before that? Like, because I remember you were interested in, you tried a bunch of different shit. Yeah. And well, but, it's funny now that I feel And like you were good. You were pretty much, you were good at almost everything. Oh, thank you, Joey. Well, I remember having a really serious conversation with someone once. And I was really upset. And I was sort of like staring out the window. And I must have looked a little bit forlorn. And he was like, are you acting right now? <laughs> and I didn't know if it's because I was raised with Hollywood or I'm just such a drama queen that it's just in me to like be pensive and distraught and like look out a window. Like, like Corey Hart in the video. Yeah, yeah. And, and then I realized if that's the one thing that I'm best at, then that's may, maybe that's the thing I should be doing. It helps in my teaching to that be really, into teaching. yeah, really dramatic and, and, uh, but yeah, I feel like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm, I'm still not with, with my tribe because, uh, even Joey and I went out the other night and, um, we, there was a live band playing like kind of eighties yeah. hair rock. Is that what you would call it? Yeah, the highlight was working for the weekend. Working for the weekend. And, uh, you know, when you're really loose and you're dancing and you're on fire, I feel like that's when I'm in in my my true element. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. when I'm dancing and... Oh, so fun. Movement's really, really, really addictive. Well, that... it. That's why I love the way that you skate now, you know, because it's so... (laughs) I'm editing uh, the second part of Wacky Mode and... uh, it's the first time that we injected like some of our performance and it's just fun to just do weird shit. And then it's like, it's just an excuse to do weird stuff. That's what it should be though. That's what a lot of the things should be. That's why I like kind of my argument, like the whole idea of action sports and the spectacle of like the culture behind some of these activities is just ridiculous. Cause the, the original thing was that they were just vehicles for being weird. And that yeah. it's so far from that now, like, that's it, what it should be. It, it's, everything's become like, uh, really, there's a lot of standardized, globalized. And cookie, then, yeah, the cookie cutter thing's yeah. pretty out of control right now. You know, like, uh, when I, and, and I'm learning a lot and I don't, you know, I don't know how long I'll work with teenagers, but working with them right now, especially grade eights and you're trying to get them first into like, first into dra- like the intro to drama yeah. and they're so terrified of what other people think, right? Teenagers are so no, scared. Shit. Can you imagine like growing up with the internet? It, it would be worse. Well, not having the internet, it was a little bit easier because you're, you, your thoughts are kind of only within that circle of people. Yeah. Like, Cause the internet <laughs> there's so much judgment if you if you're someone and I know you are when you read the message when you read the comment section of anything right you're going to get all these different views and some of them will go to your head and you'll be you know it'll it'll either you know increase your confidence or it'll decrease it and so I can imagine kids now you know with being able to view all that all these other judgments online all the time and all you're trying to do is, is I'm trying to encourage these kids to get a little bit loose with their bodies or say that weird thing that's on their mind. And you'll have probably like one quarter to a half of the class that still are really pure and just say like the most peculiar, amazing things. You get rewarded, but there's, there's a great uh, 
sacrifice and fear that you have to get over by doing those things and I still deal with it but like the rewards that you get from getting over that and just doing it are so great and and it's like that can infect the other students the students that do do it yeah because then it's okay yeah yeah so I'm learning a lot about creativity and 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 fear and everything through through working with kids right now because uh <laughs> yeah because you're just basically encouraging them to be as weird as possible and use their imaginations and that's the only thing about the internet that's hard is that uh, a lot of people say that the internet can kind of um, maybe some young people aren't using their imaginations as much no no it's just uh, imagination is difficult on the internet unless you're creating stuff and putting it out yeah I guess and, you know the what the internet's done is, is is there's there's hybrids now because even with art or you know whatever someone's always gonna say oh that's been done you know well no now it's the age of the hybrid where it's like 10 things combined together to yeah. make this new wonderful thing whatever it is whether it's mushroom blading or it's like a parody of a parody of a parody yeah everything everything is a hybrid now and oh you nailed it I was totally thinking about that today it's so awesome just editing stuff now like the complete freedom not not anything to do with work but if you edit something you can download any YouTube video you want <laughs> you can sample any YouTube video you have access to every song ever made and you can make whatever you want and it's so easy to scan pictures to draw like it doesn't even have to be good it's just like you can get your idea out so easily now or your the mood doesn't not even the idea like some people it can be ideas it's a feeling that you have like you have a feeling and you're like well if I put this song to these images you don't even have to like film video you can just pull images off of Google and put oh them yeah like mashups right like, all the mashups and things like that it's in it's that's the new shit yeah and we're gonna stop and watch a documentary on that note because I think there's some stuff that they talk about we're gonna watch a documentary that got my brain rolling called I think I don't I wrote it down wrong it's called press pause play I'm not sure but we're gonna we're gonna watch it and then we're gonna come back but the last note that I want to say is <laughs> you just anytime I read like the any negative anything online I just always go back to the spaceman three sample that I, I've used in the trailer in the video and it's like usually the bad ones because all right they're talking about reviews like cause spaceman oh, yeah. three got panned back in the day just absolutely like obliterated <laughs> by critics and they're a very influential band yeah. at least for me and for certain people and it's like it's usually the bad ones that we connect with because like what they think is an absolute insult to us is like that's what we're trying to do you know <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back <laughs> silence for the first Fucking looking out a window. Is that like every, like quite a few 80s? Oh, and he's, this is the memory now. Make you 
extended period of time as well. We're starting to understand some of this 80s stuff here. Take these broken wings and learn to fly again. Learn to live so free. Once we hear the voices sing. Oh man, disclaim. Well, no, because um, I've never, like, I've never uh, tried coke, but they've talked about, like, movies in the 80s and songs in the 80s. The production and some of the, like, scripts in the 80s are just over Came the top. Came from cocaine. Is that from cocaine? Yeah. Like, could you, pro would you produce a song over the top because of cocaine? Well, you think people just kept going. <laughs> like, you just keep going. I think... Well, Generally, the Hollywood, at least, is is very much fueled by cocaine. Um, and maybe that song's not, but like the production on some of those eighty songs, like that guitar, like when it just, it's like that you you yeah you like you even Guns N' Roses used a little bit. Like <laughs> you just hear some of those sounds on those eighty songs, and it sounds like you're entering this giant sound. Oh world. yeah, it's just like. Even on shitty, I love like shitty computer speakers or headphones or some of those 80s songs, they just explode off the speakers. I just, I can't say enough good things about 80s. I just really, I really, really love 80s music. Um, so Monica and I, we watched um, the, we only got, <laughs> I do this with my best friends. I do this with my best friends. Like you're pretty, like, you know, you go beyond a best friend because you're my sister. Yeah. Like. I can't get through like movies or rollerblading videos or anything. We just start talking. Well, like, it was it was like literally like pressing the space bar every <laughs> like I'm not exaggerating like every like three to five seconds. We were just we missed a lot of good material. We but, realized we should have been recording it. Yeah. But. Um, the disclaimers were probably three drinks in tall each, cans. So, yeah. So um, I'm drinking. Um, I had yeah, one you... one I had one strongbow cider and I have. This is my second fax. Is it was it actually 8%? yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you're much doing yeah, <laughs> doing it that big. I, fax was recommended to me um, by uh, Cassie's Cassie's boyfriend Ian, and the first time I had it, um, I just found that there's certain drinks that you have yeah. that you have great experiences with, and I remember having a drink of fax with Todd at the end of a day of skating, and we fucking chatted our faces off like we were gonna go filming. At the end of the day, we had to hit like two or three spots. We drank a fax in like this big parking lot at TRU, and we started talking really loudly and started talking about ideas and technology and skating. And because this <laughs> attaches to this this way, so that's what I'm drinking. Right well, now. I, I think no one would argue that there's very specific uh, spirits that have a particular feeling, like like uh, I don't know if you ever had a whiskey experience or gin. I'm I'm starting to think that the other night. The, the end of our St. Patrick's night. Oh yeah, Joey, all... Joey and I got into a fight which, which ended up with me storming out of a cab. Which doesn't happen. Like, it's probably happened maybe a few times in our, in our life. But uh, it was good and we made up the next day without it even having to discuss it. But Yeah, we laughed really hard about it because I think everyone at this age now understands what alcohol, uh, alcohol can uh, bring up nuanced emotions. Yeah. That um, <laughs> had some really great what I what I told Monica's have had some great pointless arguments with my girlfriend. Not even they're not even arguments. They're like 
they're like button push that's like you push a button and and um a certain amount of stubbornness of your personality comes out. Yeah, it's almost like an acceleration, like it accelerates the extreme parts of you. I don't know. One, one thing that I find, it could be to do with like, I, I joke about sometimes how I'm sensitive, I'm a sensitive person, yeah. and that people might say sensitivity is like, you look at a sunset and you think it's beautiful, yeah. but I find that sensitivity sometimes is like, you may be mad, this is not relating to yeah. the night, but I've been mad about things and then I'll start like talking, talking to Lacey and I might not actually be able to articulate anything that I'm mad about, but I'm just trying to like grab something that I think I'm mad about. Yeah. And it's and just like, your tone. And drinking. And generally and it, but it's like mostly angry. drinking. Like All I've, you know, the only thing I actually feel bad about that night is the cab driver. And I just think about some of the experiences that a cab driver must have. Didn't Jim Jarmusch make a movie about... Uh, cab drip. like the camera's just inside the cab ride and it's different stories from within a cab that's why he's a great man yeah he is a good man <laughs> there's a lot of people that do plays in cab rides and you pay and you go in the cab ride and you experience a play and they do and shows as well yeah the takeaway show or whatever yeah um, but Monica and I we watched half of press pause play and there was just so much to talk about and I'll, I'll say like what I took yeah, away. Please do. First of all, and then you can go. But I think um, one thing that I'm just obsessed about right now, about creating stuff, art, um, and it relates to rollerblading, music, film, anything, is that that idea of um, you can create a lot of stuff constantly, or there's like the traditional like start like not the tortured artist way where you work for a really long time on one project and put it out and that whole idea of there being like a goal or an audience or something that you're working towards and I'm not sure if that exists anymore so I might believe more in experimenting with as many avenues as possible because there's the one guy in it's called press pause play and um, it's on Vimeo or on the iTunes store it's for free online on Vimeo or you can get it from the iTunes store it's awesome. There's this one guy who's, he's sitting on like a, it looks, I always think it's like the way that my visual mind works. Like, oh, he's on a, like there's Malibu, the ocean, like, like or no, condo, I always think it's like Greece. Like a, oh. I thought it was Greece right away. Like he's in fucking Greece. And there's like, and in my book, I've explored this, like he says the thing, but he is so cynical towards yeah. the idea of everybody, everybody, everybody is a musician and it's true. Everyone right now. Mm -hmm. We all have, we could all be in a band if we wanted to, we could all make films, we could all do paintings and really between, we could do everything if we wanted to. Like you have enough time for the most part. If you're a crazy person, you could work a job and you could be a painter and you could be in a band and you could make films and what a, like you could do everything. Yeah. So that's what I took away. Like, and I actually have no idea what's right or wrong so I yeah I, I think uh, I think the idea that only certain people can make really great art is really elitist because oh, that's right yeah. I, I think that's what I got from from him because um, like I, I mentioned to Joey that I I had like an art school prof that was like you're gonna make a lot of shit <laughs> 
You're going to make a lot of shit before you make something good. And I don't mean this just in terms of art school. Like, I just mean this in general. You're going to fuck up. You're going to fuck up a hundred million times. You're going to say the wrong thing. You're going to date the wrong person. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to fuck, you're going to mix up your and your and whatever it is. And you're going to fuck up a million times. It's an it's. It's an it's. <laughs> I just think of the Monty Python where they just inject the it's, it's. into <laughs> Sorry, Joey and I were raised on Monty Python, but yeah, so you're going to make a lot of shit and that's the thing that I constantly remind myself of. And I think in terms of the internet and creativity that there was a point when I was sitting with um, Joey, my brother, and, and my best friend, Melissa, who, who at that time were both artists, like basically professional artists. And uh, no. well, I would say, yeah, yeah, I would say at that point you were. You were, well, you were in film school and you'd already been making movies and Melissa was, uh, like a potter. Yeah. Actually, you know, the, the Do you best remember part that? About, well, the best part about this is that there was like, there's a few things that I wanted to talk about. And then in the car ride, I was like, is there like, is there anything that you don't want me to bring up? And you can, you can sit back. You don't have to sit forward. Oh, it'll, it'll take the sound. Okay. If you want to like, whatever's I, the most comfortable, I, yeah, but I no, find I, I'm a, I'm a leaner forward or for yeah. sure. No, no, it's okay. But there was, there's a couple things. There's a couple of stories actually that I want to touch upon. One, I won't say what, no. it, what it is until we were done this story. But that story is actually, I found I found that to be very inspiring because um, after that after that night, I remember it very clearly. Like, so do one, I. It's one of those yeah. moments in your life that you remember very vividly, and I took a lot away from that because what what was like what was natural to mm -hmm. me was something that you had finally like you had articulated it and you just let it go and you let it out and then after that you just started fucking I going I told, with yeah, it that's you the just moment, started right do you know how many people like they may get to like 50 or 60 and yeah. they may have that moment you had it nice and early on mm. like if anything there's people who have those moments like at the right times and that was the right time because if anything melissa and i it's not like we gained any, we didn't gain anything by exploring it early on. It's yeah. like you, it's just, you start some kind of a crazy self journey. When yeah. It doesn't, it, it really doesn't matter what, what age it is. And so, and what, okay, well, I'll, I'll tell the short version of the story. So, you know, I, um, I guess I just moved to Vancouver. I just moved to the city and um, I was surrounded by a lot of really creative people. And at that point, I think I'd taken drama in high school. I'd gone through my, my theater degree. I'd, I'd lived in Ireland for a year. But somehow there was something stifling my creativity. Like I wasn't putting anything out there. And you and Melissa were having a conversation about being creative and like the struggle of being creative. And I remember I just like, it was so dramatic, of course, because that's my strength. And I no, like got out of the car and like, did I get out of the car or did I just start crying? Uh, no, I think we, we were. I think we were at. We we're at the Nong. We were in front of a ve fucking. Ve we're, we were, were in front of a vegetarian. We're restaurant. at the Nong, which is uh, it's like one of the longest running uh, vegetarian restaurants in Vancouver, and uh, it's twenty four hours. Twenty four hours, you can go. It's been around like when our parents lived in Vancouver. It's been there. Yeah, we're at the Nong. You can go and get a, a mango lassi and a falafel at three a.m. if you want. <laughs> anyway, so we were there and. Uh, so it was after it was, it, it was a classic example of like the way that I work sometimes. Mm -hmm. If I if I have an idea or an emotion that's brewing, and there's a certain night where I might be like stuck 
on the on the seed of an emotion that um, I'm listening to like a conversation and I may just see what I'm thinking within the conversation yeah. and I get more frustrated and more frustrated. But you did the right thing. Like it was after we had been sitting down and eating and it was when we got back into the car. Mm-hmm. We had, it, it was like a thing where Melissa and I were talking a lot and then you felt like you didn't have a voice, but you did. Yeah. You did, but you but felt like you didn't. But I was just like in a different didn't. stage yes. than you. Yes, yeah. And you, so, so basically, and i just like to add about the vegetarian thing, because I think it actually is kind of a metaphor for being creative and like deciding that you can be a creative person. I was a vegetarian for 15 years, and it's no offense, no offense at all to vegetarians, because I think it's a very commendable thing to not eat animals, but I eat meat, and I can't imagine, like, I, my favorite meat is lamb. And I was a vegetarian for 15 years. And I don't even know if to actually go into the NAM now. Like, I don't know if I would go make a point of even going to vegetarian restaurant. Oh, God. Anyway, so I just, like, this is a kind of a reverse thing, right? But I was listening to them talk about being creative and the struggle of being, like, an artist or a creative person. And I started, like sobbing and I was so there was so much jealousy or but combined with admiration for two people who basically um Joey's been with me my whole life and Melissa had been with me since I was I was one years old yeah there's a yeah there's a lot a lot of history there yeah like you know and you've seen these people grow up and you and I admired them but I was jealous and I just remembered it was a moment where I wasn't making things like I was not and I said to them I'm so I'm, you know, through these tears of I'm not making anything and and I just, all I want to do is have something beyond my job that I have, that I make, that I can be proud of. And it must have been maybe six months to a year later, I went to South America by myself and it was a, you know, being a woman down there traveling on your own had its hard times and I had a notebook that I'd been writing in and I had a digital camera and I have to tell you anybody, anybody who wants to start out being, you know, like an art, like a typical, you want to create images, digital technology, which is what we're going back to about um, this press pause play movie, digital technology and technology in general. The idea of a digital camera you, where you can get instant, like instantly you can see where you fucked up and you can try again. So it, for me, it was using a digital camera, being in Argentina and taking photos. And I started to draw again because I was like, it was just me. I could barely speak the language. I started drawing again and I tapped into this, this, um, this childhood joy of drawing. And then I decided to go back to art school and now I'm, uh, you know, a high school art and drama teacher and I have a, an art studio and I'm, that, an awesome that's within three to four years. And so I, you know, it's like, I don't want to toot my horn too much. I'm just talking about the, the process. I'm talking, I'm sounding like that dickhead, that dickhead guy if from seen art, art, school confidential. art school confidential. I don't even want to mention the word process without gouging my eyes out, but I just mean, um, I, I, I just, I just decided I was like, I have something in me that I need to, you know, I need to share. And, and now here we are talking about creativity and, and I, well, yeah, I want to bring it back. Like yeah. from what, from what you said that like, uh, <laughs> such a funny thing for your sister to bring up at, at dinner the other night, I, I saw, um, one of my old hockey coaches 
at the hot yoga studio of all places. It was the, <laughs> it was the single only time he was going to do hot yoga because it was um, his son who was dating someone who goes to the hot yoga studio. The Christmas present, the dad's Christmas present to the girlfriend of the son <laughs> that I played hockey with was that he was going to try hot yoga once. So then, just fucking randomly, I hadn't seen this coach in forever. Yeah. Run into him at the studio. We had a great conversation. I said, you know what? That the year of hockey that I played with you is my favorite because it was B rep. I got cut from them, and we can bring it back to oh, life. Yeah. Those like those emotionally traumatic. It was a drunken emotionally <laughs> traumatic. Those emotional experiences where you think it's the worst thing that's ever happened to you. I got cut from the minor team, or sorry, the major team, whatever it was, like the triple A team. Yeah. My best fucking year of hockey ever. Anyway, so I'm talking about this at, at dinner I, that I told my coach this, and then I don't know how it came up, but I was like, weren't, like, you were really good, because Monica played hockey. I was like, you're really good at hockey. And then Monica was like, yeah, I was the captain of my team. <laughs> <laughs> like, such an untraditional thing for, like, your sister to say, like, yeah, I was the captain of my hockey team. <laughs> and then the next thing that she said was like, uh... Like, everyone, they had voted you the captain or something? Like, yeah. Like, they had decided that you Well, that's the be... theatrical side, right? Because yeah. you're, like, the person that's always like, eh. But you're, fu the best part is, like, I went to, like, I was your younger brother, so mm -hmm. I went to some of your hockey tournaments. You are fucking really good at skating. You were good at skating. And then the best part was, what did you, like... That you started skipping practice or whatever, like it was grade like, nine. I no, but it's like it's such a funny like, yeah, it was grade nine, and you were a girl, which is like If you're rebellious and you're a girl, mm -hmm. it's it's way crazier than being. If you're rebellious and you're a guy, it's like you have to kind. Of, in my world, it was like I kind of had to feel though. And for me to quit yeah. hockey, it took a lot or whatever. But like in your world, it's like I'm a girl. There's all these boys everywhere, like. <laughs> Fuck hockey. Well, basically, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I started to, I discovered pot and drinking, you know, and like... Which are, they're pretty good. Well, they're great. When you're a kid, like, I mean, middle class suburban upbringing, like... Uh, and, I even... and and I, to, I think about it now, like, we just used to run around in the forest and drink and smoke pot, so... So that's I, like, a great way to spend your... <laughs> yeah. Well, it, well, within reason... Well, you know, within reason. I, I remember there were a point, and I don't know if but, anyone... okay, <laughs> think about this, man. <laughs> That's you guys me. were smoking pot and drinking and running around in the forest. You didn't even have... The internet didn't even exist. Do you realize how in the moment you, you girls were? Like, no one had a phone. No one was trying to connect themselves to anywhere else. No one had a mobile phone. Like, do you know what it would take for, like, girls your age to actually smoke pot and drink and Disappear. run around in the forest? Well, no, because you, you... You would have to, like... That would take a lot. They, yeah. they And that might be, like, one of their greatest memories. I'm just kind of speculating here, but, like, I'm not sure if that's a thing. And this is where I it say, It was like, kind of the last... It was, the, because... There's not even a fucking we the forest there anymore. No, oh, I don't even where we live, Where we live... Well, just quickly say this, and I'll bring... I need to bring it back to the point yeah. that I wanted to bring up, but, like, where we live, and um, if anyone wants to make a reference point, in Cirque du Soleil... There's a few shots in the ninja section. There's like Todd and I are walking through this forest, and Mason does like a forward roll behind us. And um, there's also a shot in the credits of Todd juggling, and there's this forest. This was like right outside of where Monica and I grew up, and where Mason and Todd spent a lot of time. We filmed a lot of stuff. 
I'm talking about like if I showed a piece of footage or a picture of this area, it's barren and there's houses everywhere. Um, there's a there's there's a problem. It's called the pine beetle. <laughs> the pine beetle's eaten. There's a uh, the winters aren't cold enough, and there was a, a parasite bug that would eat the wood, and it would just be a healthy mm-hmm. amount. And now our 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 town that was like Kells was great because it was forest. it was we were equal parts forest and desert, yeah. which I feel like in terms of the human psyche landscapes and the importance of the desert in in culture and mm-hmm. and everything forest and desert is such a great uh combination yeah it's kind of like of the it, like death and life pretty much <laughs> pretty much right? like, like well and like you and i were yin yang yeah i or, don't know like well, we, I, we swing back and forth like yeah, we no, have it seems of, like a pretty natural rhythm in this podcast you yeah, have sense. Is. You just should have been in the cab on on St. Patrick's Day. What did I say in the phone call the next day? I was like, "Good thing there isn't a third McGarry thrown into that mix." <laughs> yeah, good thing our dad wasn't there. <laughs> um, but what? Uh, anyways, so the forest is gone. That's the drunken. Uh, that's like the side note. What I was gonna say though is like, how many activity? Like what I said earlier is like, you you were the captain of your hockey team. You were usually the star, or you would own whatever plays you were in. You did choir, modeling, what? You did like everything, and you were pretty fucking good at whatever you wanted to do. So it's like, and then you just decided you wanted to be creative, and then like, yeah, photography. You did some film stuff that you sent to me that was really fucking good. <laughs> like, you're pretty much good at what you want to do. Thanks, Joey. This is, I think, you are a teacher, and you might not even know it yet because you have so many options on what you can do. And not only that, but um, I find that you connect with people very easily. Thank you. You know, I hate talking oh, about myself. Oh, no, the, just... there was a there was a podcast with um, it was James from Revolution Skate Shop and Todd. Yeah. And there was a part where one person had complimented one person and the other, and then they were like, oh, I can't recover. Like, it's a really hard get, to say something. I, but you know what? You... I, I get, I, if I, anything, I can like provide some advice. Okay. Which yeah. maybe sounds like I'm even more of an asshole. <laughs> I don't... Never mind. Just Girls totally can't really be retract. assholes. If yeah, anything, they can. No, are you kidding me? Girls are like crazy, way crazier. And... I find that... Um, it's like guys can be assholes, but uh, girl, girls, like I find like the more, um, what's that fucking word? Like, I don't know. He's motioning some sort of like, like drum like roll a, thing. Or not punching. a drum roll, like a punching motion. Assertive. I think. Yeah. Think, Cause that's the middle. Like, right? think, that's a good place to be between like, passive and aggressive. I think girls might call themselves an asshole when actually they're just being assertive. And I think, um, the, there's a problem in the world where, like, girls that are overly assertive, mm-hmm. guys are, we're dogs, pretty much. Men can be like dogs sometimes. We'll have to talk about that in another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other one. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're talking anyways. about the difference of men and women, but... What's the uh, advice? Oh, I was just going to say that, um, you know, because I, I do find that, like, I, I, I enjoy getting along with most people. And uh, someone had, had mentioned the word, um, adaptable once. And I do believe that 
it being adaptable to other human beings and to, to life in general is kind of existing in the gray area. And the more that you can be adaptable and exist in the gray area, the better. However, I do have a problem with structure, but... Oh, um, uh, you just... But, but the, the only conclusion that I've come to recently is that if you think of it like a clock, like a, like a ticking clock yeah. swaying back and forth, is that you're adaptable... You're in a structure, you're like... Yeah, I guess you're always in a structure, right? But, well... <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll save the difference between men and women and... Yeah, that, and the, that, we, won't, we will never return yeah. from that conversation because I but think I, that people have tried to talk about that for a really long But time. I hope that most of you made it past me talking about fairies because... <laughs> <laughs> of course they did. You have to think about that there's... Um, I don't even know... Apparently, we, more people may listen to this than what we think listen, but we don't know for sure. We just don't know. Um, just to have, I think, a female guest on. No, well, like I said, it doesn't even matter I'm... if you talk about fucking fairies. You can be a female and talk about whatever you want, and it's interesting to guys. Just for a female to talk openly in an uncensored fashion for a certain degree of time, and it not be broken up into sound bites, and for there not to be visuals is. Brilliant. Then how about the next time we'll I, talk I, about <laughs> male, male and female? Yeah, that's good. That's okay. Good. And I hate so using the word brilliant because like when no, I... No, you it, know what? Actually, when I lived in Ireland, I found people use the word grand and brilliant a lot. And I maybe just being a dramatic person, I actually them. really in, enjoyed those words. I just feel like a like a charming British guy or something like that. I don't want to be that person. Yeah, but we were enjoying all those people in the movie that had <laughs> British accents that were talking. There was a if you when you watch it, there's a man like sort of sitting in a corner with like a nicely lit window pane with an empty teacup and sort of a Navajo. That guy was print. Scottish, wasn't he? Or maybe Welsh. I don't I, know. I find that um, of all the accents, yeah, I I've have. I've had some argument, not arguments, but I've come close. Um, have, I have a tough time with the Australian accent. I, I love uh, Scottish. Hands down, best accent. Scottish yeah. is probably my favorite. Irish, we can be a little bit confrontational. <laughs> we can be very polite, but we can be very confrontational. Scottish is like some of those Mogwai interviews. Like, oh, yeah, Mogwai. That's what we'll play next time. Mogwai and the angry Irishman talking about the wanking bankers. You need to play that for Dad? No, I haven't uh. yet, yeah. Are you going to get a whole other level of Joey McGarry through his family? What? Talking about the smell of, like, grandparents' <laughs> possessions. Oh, um, just for anyone who... I'm not sure if I've ever talked about this. If we were to talk about our genes right now, about, like what we were born into in like the short version that I always think about how so on our mom's side there was a poet mm -hmm. poet and an artist and grandpa was like a scientist engineer slash when he would sketch it was it was very matter of fact he was an artist a little well he's he involved sketch. in theater too he was yeah as well. like theater under the stars and all that and then um large family like they had a lot of kids so we have for aunts and uncles. I don't want to get too long on it, but then then there's the McGarry side, which is the Irish Very Catholic. Boys. Very Catholic. Super funny, mm -hmm. like, um, four boys, one girl. My genes, I'm always, 
I swear I'm at battle with my genes at all times that I have a little bit of, uh, like I have a theatrical, funny side in my Irish genes. I have a little bit of like an artist side from, from granny mom's side. And, and, um, there's like a little bit of this practical, like, like working side that I don't know. I just, do you ever feel that like our genes are a very interesting mix? Yeah, I would say anyone, you know, when a, basically a family came together of like a mother and a father where one side was pretty bohemian and the other side was quite Catholic. Like where we are right now, we're in a, a city called Kamloops mm -hmm. where um, a lot of the rollerblading videos that I've made that this podcast wouldn't be around if it wasn't for those videos. A small town called Kamloops, what's the population here, like 90,000 or something? Yeah, maybe even 100 now. Our parents came here and... Against before, their will. Before they had us, yeah, against their will, they were big city kids. And they thought they were going to do their time in the boonies, or what's mm -hmm. the quote, and not come back. Yeah. And so, can you imagine, can you fucking imagine if we were born in the city and didn't go camping and things like that? Like, how important was growing up in Kamloops, going camping waking up in the morning and looking across trains mountains river like the we were pretty much staring at nature for a lot of our lives instead of instead of buildings and houses yeah absolutely but i also think a lot of that had to do with having parents that were both teachers yeah well because then you're all your breaks as like oh, four right. people as a unit were together for and i think in terms of being a teacher it's like you get like 13 or 14 weeks off a year so you're getting all that time together i i really if i didn't go there was a girl that i worked with at the theater and um i was like someone who you know when you don't understand having kids or yes. marriage or anything <laughs> like that. You're at that like young age. And, um, I didn't like completely agree with her statement, but she was the first one who like planted this really strange thing where I drew on my own family history. And she was like, I'm so excited to have kids so I can take them on camping trips. I just want to go on camping trips all the time. And I was like fairly young and she was fairly young. And like for me to hear that from someone who, Maybe it was far away from that, but like her idea of taking kids camping, I realized how important, I was like, I fucking love camping. Yeah. Like everything that, probably like the root of a lot of the things that I enjoy come from going camping with my parents. Yeah, like we used to run around in like bushes. I mean, literally like there were, I remember that one campsite where it was like you could crawl underneath the bushes and it was all open inside. Somehow the way that the bushes grew is that the foliage was on the outside and you could sneak in and it was like a tunnel. It was like a, yeah, like yeah. a series of tunnels that you could crawl around in. Like, I, I don't think you would wish for something more than a kid to just like let them out in nature and run around. No, but think about this. If you, there was tunnels, but you had a phone as well. How would that change things? I don't know. I mean, if and the what, kids were taking like, what, like Instamatic photos of like <laughs> inside the tunnel. What is, is it? Instamatic? Is that the one that everyone uses? Oh, or the hipstamatic. No, no, no. Insta, Instagram. Instagram. Sorry. What did I say? Instamatic. You, whatever. You combine both yeah. of them. But 
Hybrid. I, I'm not. I'm not on Instagram or whatever. Yeah. No. Oh, no. Oh, it's wait. great. It's... Um, I have a great question. Okay. So with that idea of like, I, I seriously can't imagine the way that I think of sound and experiencing nature, visuals, all this stuff. Um. Uh oh. No, I remember. Sorry for the snap. What's, as a teacher, mm -hmm. or as a soon to be teacher, mm -hmm. technically you're a teacher already. You just mm -hmm. have to go through the shit. Mm -hmm. What's the average age, or knowing people that who have kids now, what is the normal. When do kids get phones now? Like what grade? All my grade 8s have a phone. So, so they're 12 goes, and 13. But like, does it go earlier than that? Like grade seven, grade six? Well, our our dad is a, teaches grade seven, and they all have a phone. I just something. Like, who are you texting? I don't really know who you're texting. If you have, but that's um, like almost. It's in, but you know what it is, and this could also be a separate podcast that we can talk about. Because I think we should have talked about it more, but we ended up like delving <laughs> into like Santa Claus and and nostalgia and everything. But. Uh, the idea of technology as an extension of ourselves and how a phone is an extension of ourselves. Um, and for kids, it's just like they wouldn't even question the idea that the phone is an extension of themselves because it just is and it always has been. That's true. You know, and the, the Facebook, I mean, yet again, we can talk about it's like the, the Facebook and babies being born into. Um, literally probably some people have like a baby being born out of their vagina, like as a YouTube video and they're like a celebrity from the, the instant that they're born. That poor Coney kid. Oh God, let's not get into Coney. Okay, no, I said, no, I I really, said it. No, we're no, dating no. ourselves no, now. No, We are talking on March 20th or whatever <laughs> it is. No, I didn't say it. <laughs> no, Shouldn't but you know it. what? I think a lot of interesting things can come out of that in terms of like, internet and hype and viral videos and uh you know the white savior the idea of the white savior and all that and here's the problem though uh, if you haven't listened to any of jason silva's stuff or you you haven't seen transcendent man yet yeah no no you haven't seen transcendent no. man just the idea of like yeah it's one thing that that kids are growing up with phones right now but um there may be a point where if when the baby comes out of the vagina, it just gets a chip injected into it where texts aren't texts anymore. It's actually just a thought. You just a think that gets sent. Yeah, because right that, now a cell phone is just a tool that that is transferring the thought to somebody else, and then that that blew me away because I <laughs> the first time I heard that when it's like there's then there's like that really funny like separation between like the new age idea, which is like new age is kind of the same thing as hippie or hipster. It's like it's a very easy term to say, yeah. but like. New Age is like, oh, I'm, I'm downloading information from a source, or or like <laughs> I, uh, we're gonna have telekinesis or anything, and then it's like, we fucking do already, like, like, I can pick up my phone right now and send thoughts, to my friends in Vancouver, or send thoughts to people who are yeah. at their houses, and it's, technology is nature, so how far can it go, and where is it gonna go? Not only that. The idea of these kids having access to these phones or whatever in a classroom environment, which is like, seems, how long have we been sitting in a... Yeah, but like, the thing the is, is like the classroom, I like, and this is com someone coming through the post-secondary 
uh, program of being trained as a teacher, I don't believe in the classroom, the traditional classroom, and I don't think it's going to exist for much longer. Do you think it's going to be like a mentor system or something I think it's like going to be a collective like body of knowledge where I'm learning from the kids, which I do already, but... Um, yeah, it's not going to be the typical setting where like I'm a like a vessel and I'm filling you with knowledge, which to me, the way I've been trained, it's still very much that. I feel like it's going to be, um, this is even crazier though, like, so if the internet is some giant brain that we yeah. keep tapping into, what if it, <laughs> what if it ever came to the point where like, no one's actually good at anything any, anymore, like just if it was all equal, mm -hmm. everyone knew each other's knowledge, everyone had well, each other's Well, then maybe skills. that's the idea of the ultimate democracy, where... Where does that go, though? I everyone think... can do everything. It brings it back again, like, maybe the idea that everyone is an artist and everyone can create stuff is just getting closer to the fact that we can actually push the human race to, like, a level that's just never been seen before. Maybe, Collaboration. Maybe it's the idea that ultimately I think, you know, we are kind of the same. We are the same. And we're at this point where we're still looking at each other, like in terms of judgment, right? Where we're, we're still judging each other like we're different. When ultimately, if we get to a point with this internet as this huge brain and this collective consciousness, I'm getting really deep here, be careful. Uh, that we it, it it will it will raise that consciousness to a level where we 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 truly see each other as yeah as like a collective because we are a collective consciousness right if we all just everyone set one time at everyone on the planet gets to one place we all go there everyone like joins hands or comes together and we like open up a black hole and then just warp to a new universe who who knows you know it's like to, to bring it back down to the te technological like to bring it back down to a tweet i saw a tweet the other day which i i thought whoa this guy thought this guy suggested that maybe the light at the end of the tunnel when we die is just us being to, to speak about vaginas again is that we're just being born out of another vagina the moment that we die and we we're we go, you know like who we really don't know we're very lucky to exist in this time, though. I always think about that. No, I feel I feel really blessed. It's a little overwhelming at times. Well, that um, I, I never I find myself saying Terrence McKenna, Joe Rogan, maybe Duncan Trussell. Like, there's there's certain people who Paul Cr Paul Crick. Paul Crick is another one. Absolutely, just certain ideas. And and. Terrence McKenna said he died in 1999, and it doesn't even matter, I always say, if you're into psychedelics or not, mm -hmm. it doesn't fucking matter if you listen to him speak, mm -hmm. and the way that he uses words is insane. He said that, he or he predicted that living, like, the closer, the further into the future that we get, the more difficult it's going to be to manage just being alive because of what we have at our fingertips. And we found that, like, without getting too much into celebrities or whatever, but, like, if you fuck up now, if you fuck up, yeah. it's very hard. If you're a super public persona, if you fuck up, it's very difficult to try and recover from that. But then, is that it like, going to be at the point where, where with the internet, everyone is a celebrity? That's what I'm talking about with the baby thing. Oh, like, no, that, 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 will, will it that's get to the point where everybody is known? And maybe if the human race, like, keeps going, that... 
you'll fuck up and every it'll get to a point where everybody understands that you fuck up. Well, yeah, that, that, the, the greatest thing about that is that uh, I think I've said it before in an older podcast and it's the same thing with the Academy Awards and old structures and stuff. The whole idea of a celebrity is actually quite outdated. Yeah, there's the, a huge gap. And that, I think that's what we keep discussing is yeah. the idea that gap is... Yeah, it's and, decreasing, right? And, that, um, that... If I can explain it in the, the Seth Godin, the dude with the glasses sitting mm. on the big couch or whatever, the book We Are All Weird. So if you look at mass, right? Mm. And there's adopters, and it goes to a peak mass, and then it goes back down, and then there's like old fashioned. Mm -hmm. So there's old fashioned, and there's mass, and there's early adopters. So hipsters think they're in like the low part here, and then mass is like Lady Gaga and all that stuff. Yeah. What where we're living in right now is that peak point is just keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Eventually, it's just going to be one giant line, and there's going to be no celebrity. There's going to be no mass. There's going to be micro everything. So like, if you're into, I can't even name like some weird the ideas of like within one thing like whether it's I fucking like the whole idea of like giant sports and all that stuff the further we get yeah. and the generations coming up that's I think it's all gonna break down all of that's gonna break down and I, I don't think it's gonna be the point where everyone's like doing art and everything and <laughs> fucking and playing music and acting all the time like it's not <laughs> although I have heard theories that that's what might happen but <laughs> I just remember being at like, what was it? It was like, we we're at, I love experiencing things, just process the raw data, you experiencing, you experience things on your own terms, so I was at Shambhala, which was like the ultimate <laughs> hippie festival, and I remember just sitting there, and we said to each other, just listening, oh my god, I was like, can you, can you believe that people actually think that this is the way society is supposed to be all the time like we this no like, it, it just last. would not fucking work yeah. at all like and there's so many people that believe that and then like there's so many people that believe celebrity is the right thing there's so many people that believe like that their way is the right way or whatever they're not going to listen to the other way yeah. and it's like as soon as the same thing like start just crop like building some bridges yeah communicating with each other bring that fucking peak that's in the middle down then we start figuring and then i think there may be some general consensus or idea and it's ridiculous because like the same thing about thinking about going through the teaching program like or not saying society but like we're going through that anyway like we're 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 growing through the crack or whatever yeah there's different ideas there's like we're moving from information to intuition age. The earth is like moving from one chakra to another. Like I've heard so many different versions of what it is, but like we're kind of in it. There's something going on. Like there's something going, you know, I mean, I, I was even talking with our, uh, you know, like our, our stepmother and we watch the news and it's like, do you realize how many strikes are going on right now? Like, oh. there's like there's there are things bubbling right now and it's really exciting and and we keep bringing you back to the idea of the internet is the way that people are communicating and sharing information um is that i think it is kind of getting to that point where it's it, it will 
it will not be the extreme and, and the Occupy movement's an example of that as well. Is that still going on? Um, I think there was an Occupy everywhere in December. <laughs> Did you watch? Um, <laughs> I feel so bad because I just, the video where the leave Occupy Toronto alone. Oh, I haven't seen the library. this. Oh no, what happened? Can, can we bring it up right now? Oh yeah. It's, it's very quick. So that I, what you're saying though is that idea of it's happening. Change, well, I just no mean like what. people are. There's an upheaval happening more often. It's I don't know. Yeah. Oh, are we gonna watch it? Yeah, we're gonna watch just where the audio will go through. Oh yeah, yeah. So there's some typing sounds, and I just want to hear. I wanted to sample this for one of the videos. Um, because okay, so. As a male, yeah. As a male, I, I've I, there may be a, there may have been a point in my life where I'm not that I would have fully identified with this character, but this is like man males cannot be like this. We oh, need, I'm so okay. Play it, play it. We cannot have this happen. I've spent the last three weeks building this library into a place where people can come together, where they can just share ideas, where they can meet each other, and where they can just be in peace together. And now it's all being torn apart for no good reason. We're not hurting anybody here. We're not hurting anyone. We just want to be here and meet each other and learn together. We just want to try and build a new world. It's a little bit extreme. It's... I mean, he is a very emotional person. This is here, I'm injecting my femininity into the podcast. I would say... I would say that anyone, like, you know... Anytime he's even breaking down in front of, like, a film crew, right? It's, uh... It's taken out of context quite a bit at the time. Well, yeah, because he's, he's, char he's charged up, but there's something... Uh, Isn't there a version of that guy where, like, he fucking works at a library you know and what? just stokes people out, though? Like, isn't there a version where he acts as, like, he's, like, 50% wants to build a new world and 50% is involved in the regular world? And then just, like, not even 50%. He's going to yeah. sway, right? He's going to be in the gray area. He might be 70 sometimes. He might be 30. Like, he... he <laughs> there's no way... Like, just that idea of, like... And and I and I don't I I never want to say like there's there's no hope like I'm a very optimistic person yeah. but like the idea that like he wanted to build an build a library at a protest like there's a like a larger portion of the population that like you always think about like if you can learn to talk to authorities and people in positions yeah. of power and slowly like patiently. Well, that's the idea of being extreme, right? Which is something I, I would have and to say in my own, be, being a dramatic person, is something that I've really tried. Oh, I am too. I will, I will give the example quickly. We keep saying quickly and we keep talking. Uh, of like, the, <laughs> the other night when we got in a fight and then I walked out of the cab, I was immediately like online looking up when the next Greyhound bus, like in the middle of the night was gonna leave because I was like, I'm gonna leave and I'm not even gonna tell anybody. And then, you know, like 15 minutes afterwards, I just thought actually the one thing I've learned about growing older and getting to know yourself is like, it's actually not good to do, like reserve those extreme moments for very specific times, right? Yeah. And I think that clip, 
if anyone who who is challenging the Occupy movement or who doubts it sees that, it's not it's actually not gonna help out the purpose at all. That that I think that's probably what you're trying to say is you you need someone like you keep saying about the bridge, you need someone who's gonna bridge that gap between people who do not get the Occupy movement and who don't get that, you know, like consumerism and capitalism is a bit out of balance right now. And then you see the sensitive, sensitive ponytail man. To oh like, my god! To quote, like... to quote the, what's that movie with the, singles? Si- oh yeah, sensitive ponytail. Is it sensitive ponytail man? Or, yeah, oh, it, it is. is. It is singles. Okay, it is. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I thought I quoted that to Damien or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> sensitive he was like, ponytail man. He sent. Or he sent. He was like, it was a either a message or a quick like. He's like keep rocking the ponytail I like it or something like that in the classic like Damien cool calm style even though it was like typed words I imagine Damien like keep rocking the ponytail I like it but like the the this is what I that Occupy movement that clip that I just showed Mm -hmm. you to me is a metaphor for rollerblading can you imagine if there was a viral clip of a rollerblader crying I I just wanted people to understand (laughs) roller I just I wanted to build a new world through rollerblading and I wanted people to gather who rollerblade and share ideas and it's like do you imagine how most of the world would see that like oh my god I never fucking if I hear anyone rollerblades like I'm just gonna think of that one clip what you do whether it's the Occupy movement, <laughs> building a fucking library, rollerblading, toothpick bridges. That Minimalize we did in, like, that just gap. Anything. No, just like, don't talk about it. Like, it's great. Like the podcast, mm-hmm. we talk about it. Yeah. But like, make stuff. Make st- unapologetically weird, whatever your vision is. Make stuff. Like, do you realize like how much more that guy could do with that emotion than just like being sad Cry. about people? taking down his library like the crying is that's okay but i feel like some of that stuff sometimes should there's like a person who can talk you through that part yeah and then you can translate that into some bigger idea like but don't you realize though that that is actually more more it it was the the media catching him, him him in a moment of being sad yeah it captures a certain frustration that i think everyone feels for the most part about about where things like it's for a lot of people who are younger or growing up right now it's very difficult to understand where things are going but the best part you can do is like find find a place an outlet and make stuff yeah and go from there you know like i just i think that's the greatest part that you can replace him talking about his library or whatever (laughs) about like can you imagine like i just our band played here. I just wanted people to listen to our music, and I just wanted people to hear our songs. And I took our instruments down for nothing, for nothing. It was I wanted a- to build a new world with our music. And then, yeah, I keep saying the word extreme. And, and I'm sorry if the person ever listens to this. If this is like the year 2070, and somehow. This gets no, but sad. we understand. Like I, I remember. I'll, I'll just talk I, about a vulnerable moment where I remember I got watched that Who Killed the Electric Car, and I got halfway through, and it was this moment. It was like this helicopter shot where they 
had they had actually taken all the electric cars, the first electric cars from the owners, Crazy. and then they 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 crushed them, and it was like a field full of crushed electric cars. And I just must have been very sensitive that moment. I remember phoning up a friend and being like, <laughs> and you know, like if that was filmed, it would have been really. Important. What I found though is like, um, I'll, I'll always like use this as a, it'll be a joke towards yeah. myself, and it'll be something that I found find to be advantageous. That's a word. Advantage- advantageous. That's a good. Yeah. Um, I'm sensitive. Not only I'm sensitive, I'm highly sensitive. So I obviously relate to that guy mm-hmm. on some level that mm-hmm. I may have had some experiences not about building a library or rollerblading, but where I'm highly sensitive about something and I don't know what it is. And I find that that sensitivity is like really powerful in creating stuff and translating ideas and feelings. No. That emotion that he's feeling, not everyone, like there's not a lot of guys or girls. There's like some, but not everyone can be in touch with that. Mm-hmm. And when you're in touch with that and you can translate it and share it with people and like, that might not be the best, um, outlet. So I totally, I know that like, I sometimes feel like we're sensitive. You and I are, yeah. are highly sensitive to, uh, crowds, lots <laughs> oh, of <God>. sounds. <laughs> There's just like yeah. certain times that I'm just in touch with it. And like, I can take that, process it, I can write or think of an idea and translate it into something else and like how you said you're on it already but at the same time yeah kudos to you for being it I want to be a teacher eventually I'm not ready yet I'm gonna I'm gonna try (laughs) apparently I'm gonna get my first toe dip into the world well like anything any program you have to go through a lot of shit and uh yeah to to get to the good stuff so i'm in the the weird shitty part right now but anyway like anything in life right like you're going to make a lot of shit and you're going to go through a lot of shit <sighs> that's the end that's i think that's the end really that's too much no no well we can keep going i don't know do we but it's, it's long this is a long podcast no, it's not. Really? We usually do two hours. We got... Really? Yeah. We usually do two hours. It's at 1.42. So we have, if you want... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you're going to You have ask, to understand, yeah. there's like, there's... People can turn it off whenever people can oh, yeah. stay whenever. We don't... It's... doesn't matter. It's going right. to go up anyway. It's going to okay. be available. It, um, okay, here's one. I love, I love this, uh, this question and this idea. Um, oh, we're out. We're all out. That's it. Okay. We're dry. He's got a six pack. Oh! Oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> Did you have your ear on the door? I was just listening. <laughs> oh shit!
Transcending where you love through music. I when I think of that, oh wow, look at him! I always think, I always think that it would be in like a desert in Africa. That song. I know. Well, we, we I think a lot of people mix that one up with. Africa. The best part about that is when I re I heard I heard that um, is on the way back from a road trip, and it was on. The serious. There's a awesome '80s station. That's where I, I heard like that Bengal song. I'm going down to Liverpool to oh, do nothing. Yeah. And then I heard Life in a Northern Town. Town, and then I realized that it was about someone just like in a shitty UK Rainy, town. The, and the, to the know video that, really, <laughs> to know that like to, to be living in a place like that, yeah. and to think of that chorus. Hey, yeah, it's very celebratory, like, like living through the shitty. Can you imagine if you like saw a little like group of teenagers who played a song that sounded like that, and it was about With how they were balloons like... blowing in the wind. <laughs> they are like not happy about living in Kamloops, whatever. <laughs> but you know, um, I just like to add on top another YouTube video that I did. I do realize the power of the safety dance, um, but I hadn't actually watched the video in a long time. Oh, ah! Uh, it's like medieval. In oh, one of, yeah, one of the I one have. of the best YouTube comments is is um, it's the it's the Shire on acid, <laughs> and it really. <laughs> anyway, another you know one that? another one to look up on YouTube. Yeah. I don't want it to get too out there, but do you know the Love album Forever Changes? Does that? Yeah. Ha oh yeah. Um. Hey. Um, yeah, there's a song in Bottle Rocket. Okay, yeah, yeah. But there's that one. Uh, oh, there's that amazing song. Sitting on the hillside, watching all the people die. I feel much better on the other side. It's like a classic, like, folk. <laughs> you I, even had to like tremble in your voice. I feel much better <laughs> when my name was Bill. Or was that Phil? And then when it's like, paint me yellow, and then everyone in the band says like, white, blue. <laughs> I like different color over top of it and then at the end of the song I always like pictured medieval because there's this part at the end where it's like they're locking him up today they're throwing away the key oh, I wonder yes. who it'll be tomorrow you or me and it's like that medieval like oh. in Monty Python where it's like <laughs> I want to sing and then he starts like interacting oh with people in the scene no 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 there'll be none Not of that that weak like sort of <laughs> Who looks like he has anemia or something, <laughs> trying to escape the castle. But it's that, like, you know when a song starts, or like in a musical, it's like, where you start interacting with people who are like downtrodden, and then everyone wants to sing. It was like, at the end of it, they're locking him up today, 
Throwing away the it key. Is, it is. Like I the, wonder who it'll be tomorrow. You, you or me. Because it's the, he's going to tell. He's, he's going, going to tell. And everyone whispering, he's going to tell. <laughs> that must be like just in our genes from theater. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Oh. How that works. You know what? I, I, I've um, I've thought about this before. That That I've always wanted to do stand-up comedy eventually. Like, I want to do, like, ten minutes or just a short set of stand-up oh, comedy. Oh, that would be the ultimate risk-taking. Oh, it'd be so... Right? Where like, I very, think I'm funny. Very... Do you think I'm funny? You And you might be able to be great the first time, because that was your first time. Yeah. But one thing I always think about that would be awesome for our generation is, like, I love um, imitating, um, <laughs> imitating songs that people know. <laughs> and I feel like that could be a thing that you could just a short part of the set if you imitated like if you got it down perfectly yeah yeah yeah. because that's that it's like um to be honest like i think that stats part of stand-up comedy is in the timing it's in like it's in like part of humor is in relation and how you relate to somebody else and it's the reason that we talk about weather it's because if there's nothing else to talk about you can relate to the atmosphere around you so you can talk about how cold it is and humor is this kind of weird extension of talking about the weather that's why someone like Seinfeld was so successful because he had this strange or not really strange way this really like universal way of talking about things that were really normal yeah and that's why people talk about the weather I still I reference Seinfeld quite often uh, but you know it's a very specific gener- generation because I couldn't talk to that about my students they would have no idea oh, what missing. Seinfeld is they're missing out though and then South Park is one where I, I reference it, but I haven't seen enough of it. And then Simpsons, same thing. There's like yeah. there's a few shows. Saved by the Bell in uh, in film school, I tried. I made a couple references that like there was like that four year gap. Five yeah, year well, gap we were children of the like, '90s. Like, I mean, I was in. I went back to university, and I remember talking about something really ridiculous and like superficial. Like I was hoping that I could get a card catalog as a piece of furniture, which I sound like an asshole even saying that. <laughs> what would you put in it? Oh, like sound... you would store buttons and stuff? Like spices. Because the thing is, is like with the introduction of computers and libraries, all these card catalogs started being auctioned off and some of them were really old. And I just thought, how cool to have, like imagine if you were a grandparent one day or something and you had this weird big piece of furniture that had like a hundred drawers and you had some kid like I can imagine being a kid and pulling open drawers and you could put thing different surprises yeah, you could put in like, yeah 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 and so cool. I was explaining this to a classmate of mine a few years ago and saying oh I'm, I've been looking for a card catalog because I was living in a place that was really kind of like um, full of antique shops and she wasn't that much younger than me like maybe five years yeah she was like what's a card catalog and to be honest, like probably a lot of people, if people are listening, oh, that's borderline. Borderline, right? Card catalog. You literally had to like physically, like I was talking about flipping through records, physically flip through cards. I didn't even know how to, to find, use it. Still, to find a, a library book, and now most people don't even use the library, right? They the library, it. like the, the few times that I have gone to the local library, I found some cool books that I was able to take. Yeah, out, but you, it, it's like there's a lot of things that I do in this day and age that feel very archaic 
and I just know that the funding there's there's not as much funding there's not as many people using it I don't know where the breaking point is but like just the idea of like the like theaters like like um oh, the traditional theater system the 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 in Vancouver the Playhouse the Rio no not the Rio but the Rio um actually maybe somebody this is something someone could could respond to the Rio in Vancouver which is to be honest seems to be a fairly conservative place in terms of like serving liquor um they want to show movies and be able to serve liquor to people at the same time and um they're not allowed it's but like, but like, mm. sporting events like football games and hockey games are allowed to serve liquor and uh and you're able to watch the event at the same time, but not movies. So weird. I wonder if it's something to do with like <laughs> can you imagine how cool it would be if you if hockey games were in the fucking dark, they just turned off all the lights and you just watched like do you, you realize how much like people's attention for the most part, like politeness and everything like people would still cheer and stuff, but the interaction, like if you couldn't see the person that was sitting beside you very well, just the ice or the field or whatever. Yeah, it's, up, it's, it's like, like it isolates it, right? It's somehow to... some weird sacred event when it's theater. Joey and I were, what were we? Oh, it was part of the movie. Remember, and I was saying it showed an empty theater, right? Oh yeah, this and is I a cool and I idea. thought and I thought, oh, I should actually, I don't know, I should try and do this, even if it's a small theater, where it was an empty theater, and I thought, wouldn't wouldn't it be cool if you had the audience sit on the stage and then you had the musicians or the performers performing where the audience would be? And we haven't taken any drugs, and I think this is an awesome idea. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I keep thinking about with this is, like, no matter what, if you were the audience and you were on the stage and you were watching a play happen in the stands, yeah, you would. I would just constantly think about like little kids playing, like running around. You know, like how little kids can just run around in spaces that you're not supposed to run around yeah. in. That's what it would feel like. Yeah, it'd be like, well, it's like even when the parents Music, watch like, their kid, like it would be like a, a natural thing, like parents watching their kids run around. Some same, you know, like that idea that. Shit, there's two things that this makes me think of. That idea that? Well, that just... Um, it's like that, that composer, John Cage, that in the 60s just used to random, like make say that music was everywhere. And he would go on very traditional, like, you know, black and white television shows and just... It's influenced me a lot. Not not John Cage, but that, that idea that... Um, my favorite movie of all time, most people wouldn't be able to get through the first... Integrate silence. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, for me, watching that with headphones, I get like the meaning of life for me, like through it and the idea of like, like I love putting images to sound yeah. things like that. But actually taking all music, all interesting stories, and it's like it sounds so ridiculous. But like that movie is that that's like the closest you can get to the best parts of life. The only thing that's missing is, like, there's a little bit of, like, human relation stuff missing from it. But the best part about, you're watching this movie for so long, mm -hmm. and they got that one three day... Three hours, right? Yes. It's three hours. close to three hours. They got that one day where they're allowed to, like, socialize. Yeah. And they're just, they're just shooting the shit like regular human beings. And then close to the end of the movie, you had gone through one entire Season. cycle of seasons. And 
there's like this long shot of them sliding down the you didn't get there oh, but yeah. they're like sliding down the hill and anyways I think that was another moment like, that I kind of like weeped in that film but you know but the only thing though that I do re- and I do do value the idea of like meditation and but it's like people are human beings need need to need to fuck like people need to have sex i really believe that's human nature and yeah for sure that's one thing that's the only thing and i'm not saying that the in the film which is about a, for anyone that doesn't know is a bunch of monks in the french uh, french alps swiss the alps yeah regardless the alps three hours of watching these monks you know through an entire season and all the things they do in in their on in their you know their daily life and I, I do feel that, like, sexuality is something that's... But the shots of the faces is that you can see it in some of their faces. They want they want so badly to do that, and that's like... Yeah. Um, you're right. But that, that theme comes through kind of in the movie for me, like... Which is the one... It, it's like you can only capture, even though I, I do feel that film, like, captures so much of... Like the essence of being. Oh, I just said the word essence. Oh God, what have we? We've said a bunch of bad ones. Between the two of us, whoa. I know. I mean, I don't even want to listen to this after ever. No, no. It's very important, Monica, that you you're going to be listening to me saying this as you're listening to it. Yeah. It's very important that you listen to this because you're going to be quite surprised at what you discover. Okay. Well, I will I will use essence in the terms of the dark crystal, which always helps me to make it a little yeah, more... And they did a good job of like capturing what that is. Like they Stealing just... the essence of young pe- young pure people, right? Yeah. That's what it was. Oh, God. Anyway, was but I just time. feel like okay. you're only going to capture so much of a of a human being um without without that in, that internal dialogue or without kind of I'm sure they struggle and experience pain and anguish and all that, but yeah. I feel like sexuality and the like relationships with the, with um, not necessarily the opposite sex because like maybe some of them you know are are you know like are homosexual or whatever, but I just mean like that. It, it captures a really beautiful moment of life, but it doesn't capture all. Yeah, of there it. there is a little bit of a vibe of um, there's like half of them could maybe be homosexual half of them could be like so repressed sexually yeah repression i guess and like and they could for the most part like you could get away with like sexual maintenance to yourself in your little chamber i don't think you'd be found out and and yeah some of the shots on the faces you might you might see like some deep guilt or whatever but i completely agree with you so my 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 other favorite movie though which is great because it's completely on the other side. The yeah. spectrum is more of in color, which is about a girl whose boyfriend commits suicide and and he writes a novel and she gets all the money for the novel and just just becomes completely uh, indulgent and takes her friend to oh, a pizza or whatever. One. You haven't seen no. it? No. Oh. So it's like the opposite end of the spectrum. Like, I love female directors. And then so... Yeah. My two favorite movies are so contradictory that probably in the middle, like the um, Kingdom of Rust video, I don't want to get too out there, but the Kingdom of Rust video is like, it's like, I fucking love, you know, that video. Oh, The God. Kingdom of Rust video, like, you can't not try and, like, well up with tears. And then when I just, 
it's it's so bizarre that this happens with things that you enjoy. Um, the director of Morgan Caller, mm-hmm. and we need to talk about Kevin, which I want to see. She worked for Warp Films, and I think she got the funding. I found it was a female director mm-hmm. who my favorite director liked, and it's so funny when you find out things that you really like are linked to other people somehow. Like, you find like, oh well, this shit that I really like is linked to this shit, and then you there's and it doesn't matter if it's like directly film or music or whatever. Yeah. It's like there's even weird stuff about like birthdays that I've found that is just like so out of this world like people that I I'm very connected with and just found like a few people who I love skating wise mm-hmm. are all within 10 days of my birthday Five, yeah most four, of the people, people I are ra- so like that I'm closest with are born like within 30 days yeah so bizarre the question that I wanted to ask you mm-hmm. that is um probably one thing that I've found that is like at the root of creativity more than anything because we just watch a documentary online about creativity but let's just say there's an electromagnetic storm mm-hmm. there's no electricity there's no internet there'd be no internet if there was no electricity sometimes people need to correct me on this but there's no you can't share let's just say yeah. for a year your whole idea of like actually sharing and connecting with people beyond where we are mm-hmm. right now for one year let's just say maybe it's 20 years maybe it's 30 years maybe it's until you die that you can't actually connect with people unless you travel beyond and you have to come up with new ways of like reconnecting how how would creativity change for you because i've thought of it and i don't have a solid answer but how would that change for you like in terms of like sharing creativity mm-hmm. like would 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 what you create change in any way or would it stay the same would it be beneficial to you because you would be forced into a like a more of a community situation where you artists would have to seek each other out within where they live like what well, do you that, think see that's the thing that i know that we're praising technology and right now most of the things i create um are based in either like art supplies, like paint, um, just like, just like the man was saying in the movie about, um, how the artist comes after the technology. Yeah. What did you think about that? So that's the first question. That's well, a great one. Because yeah. some artists and some filmmakers, musicians, some invent instruments, but for the most part, it's always the artist tinkering with the, with the, the medium, right? The technology. So I, I do believe that Right now, you know, like living in the city, there's all these incredible art stores and I'll go in and I'll just fall in love with all these supplies and these mediums. Don't you hate that and about that, the city sometimes? That there's so much? That the city makes you want more sometimes? Oh, that no, yeah. Uh, well, I think we're going to start my, making a list. Can we, t- can we talk about the difference between men and women as a different podcast? And then, and then the pros and cons of living in a city versus a okay. small place? So then just go with... Yeah, those, okay. those are separate. So okay. then right now, so just the, the, the idea of like art supplies and stuff. Well, no, what, what you were originally asking was the idea what of like, would what, what would I do? And that's when I really start to think about um, the idea that if you remove technology from it, it would be 
um, what I was getting getting to earlier in the podcast, which was about the idea of human connection and how the only thing that technology had that that we are suffering from right now is a removal of, of basic human connection. I mean, like face to face, like people, people, it, it's a, it's an epidemic that people have anxiety about making phone calls. Oh God, I just had it today. Right? <laughs> yeah, I had to do it today and I was putting it off. I, I could have so easily done it on Friday Yeah, I did it today. That's not even looking the person in the eye like I'm looking at you right now. Yeah, that's yeah. a phone call. <laughs> like that's just putting a device up to your ear. So when I think about the absence of technology, electricity, all that, um, you know, with my with my drama background, I think, oh my fuck, I would probably soar. I'd be soaring. I'd probably be doing so much more. So I quite yeah, I do question. Like yeah, I'm connecting with so many people. I make you know, I make a little drawing. I scan it. I put it on Flickr. I make it my profile picture whatever people like it I wait for the little red box at the top of the Facebook thing and all that but I do believe that those moments even even if they are going on St. Patrick's Day and drinking too much and and falling down on your knees and playing air guitar in a in a in a weird like oh yeah you know and having people around you cheer to be honest, like that means a hundred times more than oh, it totally brought to it. me than yeah. yeah. And so I, I do believe that human connection, like physically uh, performing or hearing someone or talking, will always reign supreme over uh, you know any any kind of technology. So interesting because that night when you did the air guitar, I've had like I haven't gone there a lot recently, but mm-hmm. like in my in my early stages, like. Wh- We'll go there once in a while, and when I like, when I'm just lighting it up on. We should preface what we should describe this place a little bit. I think the Blue Grotto is um, there's in Kamloops, so the population is ninety thousand. Yeah. And when you go downtown Kamloops, there is there's a couple pubs and drinking establishments, yeah. and there's a few nightclubs, and there's very distinct age groups. So there is. Cactus Jacks, which is like the young person, like mm-hmm. top 40. It can fit the most people. There's the Commodore, which is like if Kamloops had a tabloid and a red carpet of the who's who in Kamloops, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be where you go. And then there's the fucking Blue Grotto, and that's where it's like an older crowd, and it's kind of a mix. I think it's the definition of the age of the divorce, to be honest, because it's middle-aged people that are divorced that are there's going a, out to meet there's a certain other middle-aged young, people. There's a certain amount of young people that will go there, and everyone be, will say that they had a great night. Because, because, the there's no there. judgment there. Yeah. That's why. And I've had some nights where I've danced there, and I've felt so in the moment. So alive, It's usually yeah. live music. Yeah. It's a live band playing, and it's the live musicians are older men who yeah. want to kill it. That's their one night out of maybe a month. Maybe they're, they've been practicing or whatever. Yeah. Maybe they just decided to be a musician five years and, ago. And to bring it back to what we were talking about earlier, like if you are feeling it and you want to go a little bit weirder than normal, if you really yeah. want to pull it out, I've pulled it out a few times where I've like really gone outside of my comfort zone alcohol has been involved obviously but I've been rewarded by like people who want and it's not I'm not looking to get props or whatever but I've like in the moment I've just felt it and you did you drop to your knees 
and they were playing Loverboy and you did air guitar and there's people dancing around you who like gave you like a props or high five and it wasn't even in the drunken way it was just like you know what I recognize that you did something awesome in the moment and it wasn't that classic like drunk like we were partying and like the yeah we we're partying and we we're having a good time and like we're all <laughs> fucked up and like we were partying it's like on TV we're all like we all look good and we're all like listening to the best music it wasn't that at all it was like just you fucking did an air guitar and you dropped your knees boom like a quick pound I don't oh, remember like, that part. Was I high-fiving people? No, no, no. It was, um, what? it was, after you did the air guitar, it was just, like, a woman, like, maybe a little bit older than you, who was dancing with the guy. Like, nothing, nothing <laughs> sexual dancing with the guy. Like, people were just there to have fun, let loose a little bit, and she just acknowledged that she really liked the dance move that you did, and it was not, like, um... Chris Nima said it best one time where he's like, you go dancing places and people are like dancing and looking around and yeah. thinking about how they're supposed to dance. And when people see people who don't give a fuck about how they're dancing and just dance because they're feeling it. Yeah. That's just to dance. I like, I just, I <laughs> and it, don't and get it out to dance. And I, no, and it, it doesn't, doesn't happen all the time. Right? It's Sometimes. very hard to tap into. And one thing that's very important that, you can take something away from this. Joey's pointing at the recording device right now. Lacey will laugh at me when I start pointing because she knows she's been with me like on our last trip. She knew like when the finger came up after a certain amount of beers or something, like the finger comes up. Here we go. So I've, I film at weddings quite often. I've edited, I'm like speaking to some people who aren't even like, I have no audience, but. <laughs> And you need to understand this. <laughs> I can't. I'm, I, I can. I, 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 I filmed a lot of weddings. I've edited a lot of weddings. You have a choice in life, Monica, and, and <laughs> the audience. You can be the people who are dancing at the wedding, or you can be the people. And this is so depressing. I'm almost like getting emotional. You can be the people who are sitting at the table that don't dance, and they go home early, and yeah. they go to bed, and they get up and just go on with whatever yeah. they do the next day. You know what you gotta do? You have to fucking dance. <laughs> you got you, you gotta be just... be the drunken uncle that dances to Rasputin and yeah. thinks that he's Russian and does yeah. the like yeah. you know? You like just you got like even for uh, <laughs> two songs, you have to fucking yeah. dance. And if you feel like you don't wanna dance, you have to fucking dance. And and there's like you might have a free card once in a while. Yeah. Where maybe it's not the right night to dance, but really, if I had it, I had it happened the other night. It was like I was on the threshold, just like how you said, kids. Like you're afraid to be weird. You're afraid to yeah. go outside of your comfort zone. You might be telling yourself that the music sucks, or you're gonna try and find all sorts of excuses mm -hmm. that it's not the greatest crowd ever. Do you realize that once you start dancing? what you can do to other people like you might be the person i won't be the person but you could be the person that draws 10 people to the dance yeah. floor it you might really be the person infectious. who yeah. creates a revolution if you ever need to watch a video that the the video of the guy at, at um sasquatch at sasquatch oh that, that's that 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 whole thing began it was like watching internet comments live that there was like 
obviously there was like the douchebag people like trying Making to make fun, fun of, of him, him. Yeah. and then it got just fucking overtaken yeah. by people who wanted to dance and it just takes that and that the, the guy he was alone by himself just fucking going in jean cutoffs like, yeah which is awesome yeah I think the shorts I got I got goosebumps the first time that I saw that and afterwards I heard things like it got to a point where it was so big and he was yelling out like just go start your own dance party and like don't follow me and 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 that I mean like it, it really is just about just <laughs> if you want to dance you just gotta dance like you have to be that weirdo that goes up at the front of the stage when nobody else is dancing and and you dance and you know, like I'm, I'm in my hometown and I went out to this club, the, like the one that Joey said would be the red carpet club. And I just was open enough and loose enough at that point that I just was like banging against the walls and it channeling my inner Duran Duran or something. And it's important to do that. I've been the person before where I didn't want to dance. I was making excuses. It's an epidemic. There's that there's that song, the people don't dance no more. They just stand there like this. Oh, they yeah, cross the their rapture. arms and yeah. stare you down and drink and moan and diss and like... <sighs> you gotta dance. You gotta dance. I, I just, feel like dancing even, tonight. Even try it for one song yeah. or two songs or whatever. And... and that So that... that we, we got there from the idea of... Uh, we'll do like just five more minutes here. <laughs> Um, I love that idea of like they're fucking it, like there is no internet I think the end of this documentary that we were watching mm-hmm. but we were talking too much which is good the idea of live performance I think about what <laughs> so what is the original thing that happened the very original thing that happened was like f- people would get around a fire I don't even know how many years ago and they would try and play music and they would do dances Dances, and try and perform stories or like it would be probably pretty ambiguous for the most part but people would all gather and that was like watching movies or watching music videos or whatever that's probably what it go back to but we would have all of this knowledge of what we had experienced with the internet or whatever that we could like do amazing like uh, in Rushmore or whatever when he puts on his uh, the local he, oh, I think about that all the time. Being a drama teacher now, I think about the things that kids make. Yeah, you can <laughs> take it really far. So I always think about there's no electricity, so you'd have to actually find live musicians. Yeah. For me, I would try and perform skate videos live. I would put on my rollerblades. I would get people to play music, and I would put on some kind of performance. Because that's and what it was—the original, right? That, like, that, 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 I mean, I, that's like, what it is. <laughs> That's what I. That's where it all came from. That's what I love. Theater performed like the Greeks and all that, right? It was. The reason I quit hockey is because I saw people with wheels Mm -hmm. on their feet doing things to music, and then it's like, that's all they're like. That whole idea of like they're actually trying to like make your sport or art look good for a larger audience, I think, takes away from the reason why you do it. So, if anything. I'd be ready for it. I couldn't do podcasts anymore, but the best part about it is you could fucking do podcasts locally. You could just yell out. That's what the soapbox was, right? It was like people just yelled out what they thought, and they literally stood on a box. (laughs) So, 
I mean, <laughs> that's why, like, I, I'm, I'm really in between. Like, I really enjoy technology. I think it's completely amazing. And, and the one thing more than, more than anything that we keep agreeing on is that it's encouraged people to be creative. And like I said about the digital camera, which anyone who's ever doubting themselves, um, that you're not creative, it, using digital tools to experiment with your creativity. It's like, it's like nothing on earth. And, and like we've both agreed, and I don't want to get too apocalyptic is like you, we don't know when this, you know, this period is going to end. So I think we should all enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You, and you have a, most people have a camera in their phone that they can start using. I, I didn't oh, even yeah. have a digital camera until I never owned like an actual digital camera apart from video camera. And then when I actually had one in my phone, I actually started enjoying taking pictures of things. And even if you can't afford that, seriously, the, the best thing is uh, getting a pen and a notebook. Yeah. And that's infinite what you can do because you might discover things that you want to do. Because I, I, there's so much I still want to do sickening yeah that's the paradox of choice of our generation right we're gonna have to go for that you gotta do it really like really like right across 